listening to a podcast from Light FM. Now it's time for a spectrum of survivors because it's Pink October. The spotlight is on breast cancer, and we're speaking with women about their cancer battle stories. Our guest today has been fighting recurring cancer for ten years and sharing her journey on social media in order to help others. Her name is Navi Pile. Navi, you were diagnosed back in 2013. Is that correct? Yeah, back okay. in 2013. And you were just 22 years old. Could you walk yeah. us through how that happened? You know, what led to that checkup, all the circumstances up to sort of getting that diagnosis? Being a relatively very young age, you don't think about the worst case scenario. So mm. I was actually taking a shower when I felt a lump on my left breast. At that point in time, I thought it was Maybe I hit somewhere, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was a young lady, right? So, you know, I used to be a dancer and things like that. So, I thought it was just merely just like a normal swollen something. Right. And then I, of course, told my mom about it mm. uh, and she got really concerned about it. So, she told me to go to a GP and get it checked, which I went to a GP and got it checked. And uh, the GP seemed really, really concerned about it mm-hmm. and told me, well, it could be something called like based on like a pre-menstrual syndrome mm. where tumors tend to pop up uh, yes. for young younger ladies. I wasn't too concerned about it. However, she did uh, refer me to a specialist just to get it checked even further. I went to a specialist and got an ultrasound done and she was very, very unhappy with the result. Mm. She asked me to do a biopsy just to be even sure because the specialist, even the specialist was very surprised with my diagnosis because of my age. I was very young. And it's very uncommon at that point of time, you know, 10 years ago, Mm. it was very uncommon for breast cancer to come up with women at a younger age. Mm -hmm. It's normally, you know, in your 40s, 50s and so on. She was very positive that it wasn't what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, the biopsy came out uh, positive where it was indeed cancer. And what was the actual diagnosis? I mean, what stage were you in? Um, I was in a stage three. It had spread to my lymph nodes. So oh. the moment if it has spread and not localized, it automatically in the slightly later stage, like mm-hmm. stage three. And if it goes beyond like to the other organs and things like that, uh, it's considered stage four. Then you, you went through the grueling process of um, treatment and you were actually given the, the all clear. But then the unimaginable happened you your cancer actually came came back how did that impact you differently from your first diagnosis i guess for the first diagnosis everything was new to me so going through chemotherapy was like okay what is this you don't know what you're going to be put through Mm -hmm. so you're like not happy i would say you're like really accepting the treatments you're put in a you know, like in a bubble of new things where you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. However, when you go through those treatments mm-hmm. and know the what the pain is like and what the treatment does to you mm-hmm. and your body. Yeah. So second time around, it was more like I was disappointed. I was mm-hmm. like, how can it come back again? Mm-hmm. And I knew what I had to go through. Uh, I knew the pain. I knew the struggles. I knew all those things. So it was really like, dreadful like it was dreading it was like oh i have to do all this again right right like round two 
So that part, I think, was a little bit like, I would say I was very disappointed. More than being sad from my previous diagnosis because... I guess because the reason why the first diagnosis was a little bit of a shock and like I was like, okay, am I going to die? Literally, I had that question in my head. I guess because of how TV shows portrays cancer, Mm. um, they dramatize it Mm. and every time like a parent dies or your uh, spouse dies or, you know, they dramatize it and make it so sad and like, oh, she passed on because of cancer and things like that. So things like that. That big C word, yeah. Yeah. So things like the big C actually was very, very, like, it scared me because I was young and I was like, okay, so is this it? Like, is, this is my life. Yeah. Like, mm. I'm going to die. When you don't uh, have a point of reference, right? And that only point of reference you have is something yeah. that's on a screen. It's, yeah. yeah, you're right. What was the, the timing of sort of, you know, you went through your first cancer treatment and you were given the all clear. And then when did you discover that there was a recurrence of cancer and sort of was there a difference in terms of the duration of the treatment that you had to go through? First, I was diagnosed in 2013 and then I had a relapse to my liver and my backbone Mm. in 2018. But following that, I had multiple relapses after that as well. So Mm. it's like 2018 was liver and backbones Mm. and then 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023 was brain mats. So Right. Uh, spread to the brains, yeah. The brains. So yeah. Where yeah. are you right now in terms of you and your relationship with cancer? <laughs> I hope this is the end. I break up with my cancer relationship. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's time to take a break. Divorce, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I just recently went for a brain surgery, mm-hmm. like uh, under the knife, mm-hmm. uh, in May of 2023. I just shared my story on social media, so. I have like, uh, I'm a huge advocate for living with cancer. Mm. People with cancer often have this thought of like, oh, it's a death sentence and I'm here like, no, it's not. Mm. I've been living with cancer for 10 years and Mm. I'm telling you, it's not. With the right treatments and the right amount of support and the right amount of, I guess, positiveness, trying Mm. to think positive, although that it's really hard it can get really hard to be positive. I have been struggling um, for the past few months, but yeah, trying my level best. That seems to make you just a better advocate for for survivors because because hearing the way you speak about it and your positivity and your struggle is something that definitely I feel would, would help more people. And it's different for every person and their unique experience. So let's talk about you personally. What did you struggle most with and how did you find your way through that struggle? Every step of my diagnosis had like, it took like a little effect on my mental health. I think I struggle most with my mental health. Mm. Um, I love working. I love actually working and getting up early, going to work and and when that had to be taken away from me because of my recent diagnosis, that was mm. something that actually really, really, really brought me down because of, of stress and other things. You know, my family, mm. my husband was like, no, I don't think you should be working. And mm. even my doctors were like, well, you can do things like, you know, things that are not too stressful as well. Mm. But carry on with your life. Don't, um, you know, deprive yourself from anything that you want to do. So yeah. I quit my job. I think that was one of the hardest things that I had to do was I had to quit a job that I really loved. But 
uh, in terms of each diagnosis, every like since 2013, right up till 2023, my mental health has been very challenged. I think going through it as a young adult, mm. I'm, I'm 33, so uh, going through it as a young adult, it deprives you from all the normal things. If I'm doing like inverted commas yeah. right, because right. we don't know what is normal anymore. <laughs> it's the light breakfast with Asha and Terry. Good morning. And today on Spectrum of Survivors for Pink October, we're speaking to Navi Pillay about what it's like to live with recurrent breast cancer for 10 years and counting. I want to touch on the fact that you just mentioned your passion and love for dancing. Hmm. Were you worried about <laughs> yeah. how you know your breast cancer was going to affect your ability to dance? It did. It did. It, uh, it greatly did. However, in 2019, I did a fundraising show and I did a solo debut performance. Wow. I danced for an hour and a half and I kid you not, it was the most challenging thing. Uh, being a dancer, of course, you love the stage, the audience, the makeup, the costumes and just dancing on stage, right? With the music and everything. It, was, mm -hmm. it took a little bit of burden off me. Mm -hmm. and watching the audience see me as a cancer survivor. Right. I've had, I had just finished my chemo like less than a year wow. just before I actually did my, my debut performance. So it was really, really tough. But I kid you not, that was one of the most happiest times <sighs> I've ever had in my life. I can imagine. So, uh, just looking yeah, at your face, I, smiling yeah. right now, it's like that moment of like, I have control, I have power. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so on stage, I had complete control. I had complete... Um, it was giving me joy seeing the audience so happy and seeing them so inspired by how cancer treatments have brought my physical body to immense you know, pain and things like that. And mm. just me dancing, I think that was like the best of the best. I, I, I felt the best. Just hearing the passion mm. in your voice now... <laughs> after all that you've been through is actually it's, it's so inspiring but going back to Thanks. when you were when you were 22 you probably weren't thinking too much about the, the future at that point right so how yeah. did the diagnosis change that perspective and the dreams and plans that you had did it change it when you yeah first it yeah. changed a lot of the way I look at life I never thought I would get married and I got married yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I never thought anyone would love me and see through my illness and my husband did mm. tearing up oh <laughs> yeah. um yeah so it changed a lot of perspective for me in terms of looking at life i feel like you can sit and plan and plan and plan and plan but i guess life gets in the way <laughs> yeah life gets in the way and life it itself is not a circle mm. it's a whole different shape. And you've not let this one thing, this one big thing that has happened to you define you because you're you're so much more than that and, and you're letting that yeah. show that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, it's just a part of my life. Mm. Uh, cancer doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. uh, cancer de doesn't define who I am. But I guess it has taught me lessons to go through life. Mm. What's the one piece of wisdom that you wish you'd been given that you could share with someone who's newly diagnosed? Don't give up. Continue to fight. Modern medication has advanced so much and I know it's tough 
But trust me, you are tougher than you think you are. So always believe in yourself. Always believe that you can because you can do it. And like you said earlier, don't believe everything you see on a TV screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Don't don't believe everything you see on TV. Yeah. Don't believe everything you see on social media. Mm. You know, and that's why I share the most raw and unedited part of my life because that is how my life is, and I want people to see that. To see the pain, I cry in front of the camera. I cried just now talking to you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And thank you for that. Because yeah. I think it's so <laughs> important because yeah. I think people yeah. see someone who's perhaps in their mind, they've gone through that thing already and they yes. seem fine. And then a person who's just entering that journey will go, well, I'm not fine and won't yes. feel like they anyone understands them. So the fact that you are able to be raw is actually very much <laughs> bringing hope into people's lives yeah. um but you know on those days when you mentioned it was so hard you know you've just had brain cancer you've had this cancer coming back and going no i'm here now i'm there now you know <laughs> um treatment must have been horrific like on yeah. the, the hardest of days what was that that thing that kind of helped you just move through that day because you can't get over it you can't get past it you just have to move through it so what helps you move through those really difficult days? Mm. Honestly, it's my support. I think having a very good support system is uh, the best. For me, it's my little family, my closest friends who have been there for me uh, through it all, especially um, my husband and I have a little dog. <laughs> she keeps me... Yeah, she keeps me... <laughs> up and going, up and running. And um, my husband is always there to take all that, you know, tears and that burden away from me. He's always there. He's always just there. Even if I don't want him to be there, he's like <laughs> in the corner just lurking. I like, love it. He's Are like, you okay? Oh, that's the kindest that, chichak yeah. that you'd ever have. <laughs> I know, right? Because it's just looking at you. Yeah, like, like, yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm here. Hello. Navi, it's, yeah. been, it's been such an inspiration talking to you because with your pain, I, I see your joy at the very same time. And I think you are the greatest example of the fact that life is complicated and difficult and bloody hard, but you can be both in pain and joyful and sad and ecstatic all at the same time. Because we're <laughs> complex human beings and I think you, you've demonstrated that. So thank you for being such a wonderful reminder of that for us. Thank you. Thank you so much, you guys, for spending this time talking to me and learning about my journey. And thank, thank you for you. sharing. We'll thank be you following. so much for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> thank awesome. you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You can listen to this interview again on the Light Breakfast Podcast. That's the Shock app on SYOK. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's SYOK.